Hi, this is Jessie Chu. And Quinn Nguyen, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season four. We're here to share paper flower journeys, engage with makers and artists, support small creative businesses, and chat about our obsessions. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. We are so grateful that you're here. Make sure to hit subscribe and consider supporting us by writing a review. Hello, everybody, and welcome to season four of Paper Talk. Today, we have Liliana Litvin of Lilies and Art, and also Krista McPhee of Petal and Finch with us. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. We are so excited to have you guys here after a fantastic summer. You guys are super busy, and we are just excited to be in touch with you guys again after a couple months of working with you guys. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited and honored to be invited here. We love that you are both here. It's been really amazing getting to know both of you on a much deeper level with, especially with PFAR and also with Paper to Profit. And so it's been so amazing to see your contribution and just elevating our paper flower industry. It's been incredible. Yeah, I've really enjoyed being a part of the community that you have created. It's such a supportive and nurturing space. And I think that that's why it made this group so easy to work together. Yeah, totally. The combination of the cause and the community and people who were interested in, you know, being very active with this initiative uh, was like a, a perfect combination. And as soon as I learned about it, I was like, I'm not missing this chance. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So one thing I want to ask both of you is, how did you guys get involved making paper flowers? It's because you guys are, have such different backgrounds. Um, you're both in Canada, though, which is awesome. <laughs> but it's really interesting to hear everyone's journey on how they discover paper flowers. And I want to know how either of you found paper flowers. Krista, you want to go ahead? Sure. So... My journey actually started with a very impulsive purchase of a Cricut maker. (laughs) I just like, I was sitting here at work one day and well, work is my home. So, and I bought it. And once I had that beauty in my hands, I started exploring and finding projects that piqued my interest. And I'm someone who adores flowers. Like it, I adore flowers. I can't grow them, but I love them. And so cardstock, it was a natural attraction. And I work in Illustrator every day. So creating my own patterns was really exciting and challenging. I said, um. It's totally fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. So I loved making the paper flowers and I loved, like, I loved paper as a medium, but for my creative style and what I wanted to create, the cardstock ended up being very limiting to me. And I found crepe paper through Leah Griffith, I believe. And I ordered it that day. Again, another impulsive purchase. But (laughs) once I started working and stretching with crepe paper, it was like game over. I found what I wanted to work with and something that would work well with my creative style. And I've, I've been head over heels in love with it since. What were you doing at the time that you were like, you know what, screw this. I need this cricket maker. (laughs) Something really boring or (laughs) no, I know, I no longer work for that employer. So I will (laughs) tell you. (laughs) 
I'm not gonna send him the recording. (laughs) So I don't know if other people can relate to this, but when I'm working and I hit a wall where something is difficult or it's challenging, I tend to go on social media. I take breaks. I (laughs) surf. It's a type of procrastination. And that's exactly what happened. And I remember my husband was walking past my office and I'm like, I just bought a cricket maker. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't just buy the cricket maker. Like I bought the package. So (laughs) it was a large, you went all for it. (laughs) I went all in. So it must've been a really big problem. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) enough of this. (laughs) And, but it was like, once I had like made that purchase, I was like, oh, you know, the buyer's regret. Cause I really wasn't crafting with paper. And a lot of the things that the Cricut could do didn't interest me, but for some reason I just really wanted this machine. But once I found like paper, like I don't do vinyl, I don't do t-shirts. I was strictly a paper crafter and I fell in love with it. I love it. I have a Cricut Joy now. I want the new Cricut 3 Maker. I use it all the time. I love that machine. <laughs> okay, back up one second. Remember the controversial that coughed up? Was oh, it yeah. Just, so yeah. what was your thought about that? Because that creates such havoc in the cricket community. It did. For me, back up. Let's, tell, it, let's describe yeah. what that big okay. crisis was. Okay, so <laughs> the big crisis was that I can't remember. It was that when do we charging everybody? Yeah. Okay. They, they so decided so that they limited number. Yeah, right? go to, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Based. Okay. Yeah. So the idea was that if you weren't subscribed to their $9 a month membership, they were limiting you to how many projects you could upload into the Cricut design space. And as someone that creates her own SVGs, that was a big one for me because I, I really don't use their library of pre-made projects unless I'm like on a deadline, like I have to go out the door and I need a birthday card and I don't have one designed, I will use their projects. But for the majority of the time, I upload my own design. So that was really a bit of a disappointment. It was... It felt because the machine is not cheap. It is not cheap. Yeah. And, it, and, and being a paper crafter, I go through a lot of blades and I go through a lot of mats. And, you know, so it is expensive to upkeep, but then to also be like, you have to pay $10 a month to use this $500 machine that you yeah. bought. That, yeah, that you bought. Mm-hmm. It felt really like a backstab. Uh, It was, and it would be different if you could use another program versus their design space. It would be like, okay, well, I'll just learn this other program, but you're locked into their, their software. So it was, I felt a betrayal. It felt like a bait and switch to me and I didn't like it. So I definitely was like, okay, well, my next machine's going to be a silhouette cameo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm somebody that gets... I guess too, I'm somebody that is a brand lover. Like I'm committed to brands. Like I'm committed to Nikon with my camera gear. And 
I was like, oh man, why'd you do this to me, Cricket? <laughs> now I don't like you anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, man, you, you painted me into a corner here. That is true. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt the same way as you, Krista, when they introduced, they announced the change that they were going to make. I felt like, what? This is a machine, a big expensive machine that we already paid for. And this was not the deal that we signed up for. Mm -hmm. And like you, I create my own SVGs and I rarely, rarely use their library. I enjoy this process of creating this. This is part of the creative fun for me. And so the amount they like were suggesting to limit to it felt ridiculous because I went through more in a, in, in a single project doing it for fun. And I felt for anyone who depends uh, on the machine for their living. So it was really an ill-calculated move on their part. Mm-hmm. And I was very relieved and happy that they backtracked on it and reversed the decision. Although like the seed is now planted, like you could do that. <laughs> But it also, I think, highlights and it's something to do with like community, like how everybody's voice coming together reversed that decision. Yes. Yeah. It was incredible to see people Mm -hmm. from all over the world were like, we did not sign up for this at all. And it was really incredible to see that they put out an apology and they, I mean, everyone's like, why didn't you do your market research on this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is Surprising considering how big of a company it is. And yeah. not just being a company and a brand, they have a huge community. They built built a community and that felt very like betrayed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was really disappointing. I'm glad they reversed it. But like, as Liliana said, the seed is planted and it's going to take a lot of, it was almost like a couple steps of trust backwards right yeah. and so they're gonna have to work and gaining back trust takes a whole lot longer than the reverse yeah 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 100 sure. yeah. agree so Liliana so, I mean you use oh do you want to ask yeah yeah so I wanted to backtrack because we didn't quite finish hearing Krista's story so cardstock and then Leah Griffin and then how did you make that leap to make it official and started building paper flowers as a business component. Me? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So this has not been a linear path for me. It has been back and forth, up and down, and around. My husband can attest to that, that I have wavered quite a bit. The one thing I haven't wavered on is my love for paper flowers and it's really become part of my everyday practice. I'm a pretty spiritual person and flowers are kind of really, really big for me. There's so many meanings to it. But I did know, like I have been working from home for about seven, eight years. When I decided to make a transition to a creative career, I knew I wanted to be at home. I knew that that didn't want to change and that I wanted to do something that I absolutely loved and would make me feel fulfilled. And even though my other career in web development has been a huge impact on my life and really challenging, it wasn't for me. And that was, I think, my love for making paper flowers and being good at it too. I feel like I'm good at it. It was a big catalyst to 
to me making that decision. And my husband, I have to give, I have to give him a little shout out. He's very, very, very supportive of anything and everything that I do. I love that. Having a good supportive family member supporting you on your journey is is huge. Mm. It can boost your confidence. It can make your life just a little bit easier. So you can like start making and selling. It does. And yeah. And having somebody so close to you telling you, wow, or, you know, I mean, my flowers don't always wow them, but just having him encourage me and not sounding interested in what I'm doing, <laughs> mm-hmm. but also telling me that I can do it. Definitely there's, you have to make bills and you have to, you have responsibilities, but the, you can't has never crossed the threshold of our home. Mm-hmm. I love that. So wonderful. Liliana, tell us your yes. story. Yeah. So mine will be maybe a little longer. So I'll start with, with the beginning. So I'm I was born and raised in Ukraine, and I'm Canadian at heart. I've been calling it home for over 10 years, and uh, I'm a mom of three, an avid uh, roller skater and a creative person. (laughs) (laughs) So growing up, I had the brilliant opportunity to watch my mom, who was always very creative and still is. Like she, She would saw our clothes, she would knit and crochet and do, make our life more beautiful through work of her hands. If there's one thing that I learned from that age is appreciation for the quality of materials, of craftsmanship, and overall aesthetic. So over the years, I dabbed in a lot of mediums. There's so many things from like crochet and sewing. And I had a phase of falling in love with tatting, which is basically uh, creating patterns or jewelry with the needle and the shuttle. And I tried many things. And then at some point, I tried origami. And I'm fascinated with Japan. And I'm fascinated with, it's on my bucket list to, to visit one day. So I was doing origami. And then kind of like a transition to being interested, what else can be done with paper? And also at the same time, I, it was around the time when I had my third baby and we just moved into a new house. And I basically, I had a blank space in their bedrooms or in the kids' bedrooms. And I I literally had the white wall and I had this idea that I want to put something beautiful on it and I want to create it myself. And I started looking and I found paper flowers made from cardstock. But while researching, I felt like I want a little bit more. And then through Pinterest, Thank you. I think I I found like I came across the great paper flowers and that just threw me into a frenzy because I felt like this is it. I felt such a when I like when I looked at it, I felt so fulfilled, not just from the beauty and from being so realistic, but at the same time you can take it from very realistic to any any direction of like artistic vision you have and having this richness of like paper, crepe paper also shining through your creation it's like it felt magical and I definitely wanted to learn that and so that's that's how it all started I love that (laughs) you just summed up everything that I left out (laughs) (laughs) there there you go Krista we compliment each other and when you were talking and you mentioned cricket I was like yep so another point where we click because in that journey creating paper flowers and and learning and honing my skills and all I came I came like I I was still looking to expand my 
tried different things and I bought a cricket as well because I just had to try doing something with paper. And uh, there was a phase where I've done a lot of things in crickets and I've done like Christmas, uh, like little lanterns with mm. scenes, Christmassy like themed scenes. And it was really so much fun. Yeah. So I started like, I've done so much of the similar things. I used to knit hats and design them. And I, I've just, crafting was always something that was in my home. And when I decided, like when I got my Cricut and I was like, I want to make patterns. I want to share this with the world. The natural path I went to was being a craft blogger. And I think a lot of us are really scared to call ourselves artists. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it takes a little mm-hmm. bit to to dare. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's very vulnerable, but very, very quickly, I learned that I was not a craft blogger. I can't push out content mm-hmm. fast. I am slow. I am thoughtful. Not that they're not thoughtful, but I really think about my process. And the same with discovering crate paper. It was like holding magic. There was so much possibility in this little strip of paper that you could create something so beautiful. And when I create my flowers, I'm not necessarily going for realism, but I am going for the essence of the flower. And I have started, I started placing my flowers on my like holiday tables and stuff. And it made people so happy when they came over. They were just, it was a conversation piece and it felt special and personal and So that is really what the feeling I'm going after when I'm creating my flowers and selling them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, For me, in my journey over the years, and the reason I think while I was still looking and trying trying different mediums was that it always felt like there was such a huge disconnect between the time you put into something and the quality that you strive for and what the appreciation or the emotion evoke and and the willingness, you know, let's be real, the willingness to pay for the end in product. Uh, there was always a big disconnect. Like, take, you know, I, I used to, at some place, I used to make crochet toys, uh, like uh, sheep and giraffes, uh, very cute for the kids. And like, I would put up to 20 hours of work in it because I was very attentive about details, uh, about little things that I added. But then you would never pay two, three hundred dollars for a tutu for your child, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, 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 and with paper and with um, flowers, it felt different. It felt this is something that people would put in their home and that will evoke emotion every time they look at it. And I experienced it firsthand with myself first. Like I would, uh, I would one of the first flowers that was absolutely fascinated, intimidated, and also fascinated and also incredibly happy to create was a, a dinner plate dahlia. And I made two of them. And I, I still to this day, I, I cannot even sell them just because I'm so emotionally attached to them. But mm-hmm. to this day, I walk by and I see them and they make me so happy and so serene. And they also like, I even like so much time later, I have this second of my brain needs to catch up that this is not real flower because my initial reaction, oh, this is real. And then, oh, no, no, I made it. So <laughs> I know it's not this real, but, feeling. <laughs> but I've had this conversation with so many people seeing my creations. They would be like, 
oh, you have such a beautiful beer and you do, do you get them from your garden? And I'm like, no, I made them. <laughs> and they're standing literally two feet from it. <laughs> so that was amazing. And of course, like there's so many great things about paper flowers in comparison to the real flowers is that they don't wilt, they don't die, and uh, you can keep them forever or pretty mm-hmm. much forever for a very, very long time. I love that you touched upon like how special flowers are. They are, they're visual words, they're visual feelings. You know, you give them for condolences, you use them for weddings, you use them for celebration. And if you look at each species of flower, there's a meaning to them. And it can, just looking at a flower, like if you think of your favorite flower, you always think of a memory of why you love that flower. And I think that's really special. And I think, like you said, Liliana, I've done many different crafts and there's always that disconnection, but there is so much. There are so many moving parts to creating a flower from start to finish to giving it or not giving it in some (laughs) respects, you know, hold, holding on to it because, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. the same with you. I hold on to my flowers really tightly. It's hard to let them go, Mm -hmm. but I'm getting better at it. Yeah, yeah. I think Krista, what what you just mentioned is so important is that after I dived in and after I and I was it was important for me to also not just produce just pretty flowers or <laughs> I don't want to sound uh, off, but like slap something together and it will work. That wasn't my goal. And so I really spent the time to educate myself about the the science behind it and the art and the history of like creating paper arrangements and the flowers and all these things that they convey. And what struck with me is that a flower arrangement, it tells a story. It really mm-hmm. tells a story. And it mm-hmm. can become a powerful reminder about a certain time in your life. Either it's mm-hmm. a wedding or could be something that will bring you joy. It's something that will lift your spirits when you are sick or if you're not feeling well. Mm-hmm. And there's always, I find that there's always something. And it's very, it's just unique and special to be part of it. It's, it's unique and special. And I felt so compelled to, to be able to use my abilities and something that I honed over the years of like attention to details, attention to craftsmanship, to materials, and to create something truly magical for, for people. And not just for myself, but for somebody to enjoy it, to bring, to spread it and to bring this joy in other people's homes and lives. Excellent. I love you said that so well. <laughs> Me too. That is so Am I elegant. going a little bit too poetic? Well, here, no. Because this is, this I was is saying, literally how I feel. I'm saying this is a really good segue to send flowers to Greenwood right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. the whole oh, idea yeah. behind send flowers to Greenwood is like, Krista, you're saying you flowers have, have meaning, have there's symbol, there's a lot of symbolism, at least actually no, in every there culture, is. there's symbolism in it. Yeah, you have to think is. about Western <laughs> culture, but yes, there is also different cultural understandings of what flowers are, but often we are giving flowers away. We are sending flowers to people for certain purposes, whether it's weddings, mm-hmm. funerals, it's, you know, just to say, I love you, or, you know, don't forget me. So, I mean, both of you, I think, touch upon that. And to some extent, actually, to me, it really explains to me why you two were so in, wanted to oh, be so involved in the project yeah. Um, that we were, yeah, yeah, passionate about yeah. it because of that meaning, that whole meaning of mm-hmm. making flowers and what that means. 
And so, I mean, Sunflowers to Greenwood was a project that we collaborated with the Wild Mother a couple months back to create this enormous, ginormous, white lily yes. installation, um, really to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the Greenwood Massacre back in 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and when Quinn and I were approached to work on this, we were like, oh, this is great, but there's so many com- components to this. Like, how can we do this between us, you know, organize um, the volunteers who would work with us to make the flowers and then to design and build the installation and then be on the ground and also manage the logistics of it with the packaging and explaining to people yeah labeling explaining to people like the expectations and trying to get everything there on time so we were like okay well (laughs) we need help and coincidentally I think around that time we were um we got to know each other through clubhouse right it was around the time that we started going on clubhouse very consistently on Thursdays we have happy hours every Thursday 7 (laughs) p.m pacific time time. (laughs) 10 p.m eastern time and um yeah and you guys having joined us to we got to know you guys and I think we bonded over many topics um having those conversations I think really led to the formation of what Liliana you named Paper Forest Against Racism Mm -hmm. so it's just so perfect yeah it was really perfect it's like the timing the mission the the fact that we all felt strongly about this type of initiative um, and how our art and our love for making paper flowers can contribute in a unique way to this type of initiative as well. But yeah, Liliana, I mean, since you named it and you suggested the name, what was your thinking behind it? Yeah, so uh, when when this opportunity came about, just wanted to say that it it felt like such a natural thing to be involved with, and because like the the message of using art as healing, it felt so right and it felt so intriguing, and and I really wanted to be part of it. And so when I learned about that there 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 was this event and there there's the commemoration, and that there is a an initiative to for paper florists to kind of establish themselves and make themselves a little bit more known as a force that produces this beautiful art, but still kind of like not mainstream known as of right now. So, and immediately, like I had the same thoughts that, oh, this is going to be big and like coordinating all of these artists and how everything to happen on time. And just to give you background, I also I have a full time job uh, in the IT and I'm uh, I've held different roles, but a lot of them revolved around project management. And this is kind of like my strong strong skill at home and at work. And it just <laughs> felt amazing, so you guys. I was like, my immediate thought was, well, they need help. This is something I love to do. I love the mission, and this is something that I love to do. I've never done it, but I've also done a lot of things in the past where I tried it for the first time. No one's done it before. And I figured it out. So it's like, I, I'm just going to offer my services. <laughs> and so I think I messaged you like five minutes after we, you know, hung up. I, like I was already typing a message that, hey, I want to be involved. And then, you know, the whole combination came together. And so like, I remember that a few days later, I, I and we were on a timeline as well from when mm-hmm. the inception of the idea happened. And when everything needed to to be done, so 
I remember just, a, you know, a couple of days later, I was sitting and I decided to be proactive and to do like a little draft of something that will turn into maybe like a booklet for instructions for us. I didn't even know where it was going with, but I knew that we will need to a place where we will have information as source of information. So I, I, I did a pass and I was as I was doing it, I think it was a good exercise that raised some questions that we didn't even know we had, but by just typing them and like kind of like structuring my thoughts on it, I realized like, okay, so this is a great area. This is a question that we'll need to get answered. And I needed a name too. And um, I'm not the best at naming things, but it was definitely something about paper, something about paper floors and the cause and like the event itself about Tulsa massacre and the conversation in the uh, society that is happening, thankfully, mm-hmm. about racism and how it permeates still our lives and, and the history that we still are even learning to this day. And it just like, I just put the words together and I, and I suggested <laughs> and the and you ladies loved it. <laughs> it was great. We did. Yeah, it was. <laughs> We're not great mm-hmm. with news either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, both your logistics skills, Krista and Liliana, was such a critical thing for us to organize the Sunflowers to Greenwood. We definitely couldn't have done it without you. We might have, but it would have taken much longer, Mm -hmm. a lot more organization. But you made it so easy to work with you and to make this happen and to rally like the troops. It was really amazing to see people from all over the world send flowers to Greenwood. It was actually, it was very heartwarming and amazing. And I know the people in Tulsa really, really appreciate it a lot. Yeah, yeah it was amazing um, to, to see in action how amazing this community is. And to be quite honest, it's one of the things that I find is very special about paper flowers, about any medium. There is a community around the world, and I've been part of many of those. But paper flowers, it feels maybe because we're still a fairly you know small community compared to, I don't know, knitters or crocheters mm-hmm. or painters or photographers like we're a smaller crowd but it's such a such a supportive mm-hmm. such a positive yeah uh, community but also to see it not just being talk but but people actually being willing to step up and saying that yes I will contribute my time my effort to participate in it was uh, just incredible um, and it was amazing experience Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree. One of the things I think a lot of people struggle with when the word activism and ally comes up is, and maybe for me, I felt like my voice wasn't strong enough. I didn't know what I could contribute. And this project was, it, it really showed that we have different gifts to contribute in service for activism for human rights for racism it doesn't have to be a one way that we all have something and quite honestly I have a softer approach and so it was really eye-opening to me that this project my gifts spoke to who I am and how I am in the world but also was of service and it was really beautiful to be able to contribute to that and feel like it was important It wasn't just something pretty. It was something important and it was a collaboration and it was a team effort and it was a way to really tell a story 
that wasn't told. And one of the things that Leah um, Palmer said is in order to heal, we have to tell the truth. And that I instinctively wanted to jump on this project because it just, something about it. I didn't even think about it. It was like, yes. Mm -hmm. After you had announced it and asked, I did go and, and look at the information on the wild mother. I looked at her videos and it was just really, really like she has such a soft, beautiful presence that mm -hmm. makes you feel like drawn into what she is saying. <laughs> and I'm someone, and I want to share this as I believe in ancestral, you know, traumas and wounds and stuff, but I have heard a quote TV show. It's called The Affair. And Dominic West's character had said, if trauma and pain can echo through generations, then so can love. If abandonment can ripple across time, then so can presence. And this project, that stuck with me for years, but I didn't understand why. But this project really brought that together of why that quote meant so much to me. Such a beautifully said I really like, uh, I'm listening to it reverberate <laughs> in so my moving. soul. I know, me too. <laughs> and I think that for a lot of us, it's like the, why we were doing it and and to use, like you said, our gift to, even for the most timid of us and like, uh, there's a lot of introverts uh, among creatives. I find like a lot of this energy is inside, but to have this chance to use your gift for something so beautiful and important I think more than like more than a few of us when we created the flowers we literally teared up looking at them and thinking mm -hmm. about what they mean mm -hmm. and it, it felt really special to be able to send them it really did and I think you know years ago I was taught you know we're we're in this kind of society that's like happy vibes, good vibes only. And, <laughs> and it's really damaging because you have to look at those sometimes ugly parts. Mm -hmm. You have to look at those parts that cast a shadow because that brings depth to what you do. Mm -hmm. And you can't like for this project, it showed beauty, obviously, but it also opened so many people's eyes to an ugliness and a very sad, sad event. Mm -hmm. And one that wasn't told, that one still mm -hmm. blows my mind. But it also shows that you don't have to go head in to a project and it doesn't have to be always aggressive and you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. hard, yeah. like yeah. you can guns, bring guns blazing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You can bring beauty to an ugly situation and that gives it so many facets and so much more meaning and depth. And I think for me, one of the most important things is I tried to get people around me to make flowers with me. Cause you know, I donated 50 or I <laughs> pledged 50, which I didn't realize at the time was very, very ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> I you, and you were one of our stars. <laughs> <laughs> but I had people, I had two friends that we had, I brought them in and I didn't just teach them how to do the flower. I told them why we were doing this. So it actually had, I had a chance to share that story that they might not have heard. Mm -hmm. And they had a deeper understanding of what 
they were doing and they could contribute. And then I had my niece who is 17 years old. And, you know, it was really important that I shared that story. And so she came over to my house and we sat there for a whole afternoon. And I'm like, I want you to watch this video. I want you to know why we're doing this. And it just, it felt so important to not just make the flowers, but tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I, sharing that felt very, very powerful. And so all that energy came together. And I think, you know, it made like that quote that I shared really realistic and meaningful. Yeah. It's so, um, so moving. Mm -hmm. It's, I think that was the point of the project in a way, Mm -hmm. right? It's telling that story. And it was through our Mm -hmm. gift that we told that story to many people, our family members or everyone who saw what we were doing and was curious, why are so many people doing this? Exactly. Just having that talk and then listening to, okay, well, what else can we do? I think is, Mm -hmm. that was the main goal. And I I think you guys, yeah, I think we did it. Hopefully. (laughs) I think so. I know we did. (laughs) And I, it really like this project, brought together so many pieces of my story together too. And in ways that I want to show up in the world Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. I want to teach the next generation to show up in the world. And through this project, I realized like, that's how I'm serving. Mm -hmm. That's how I can make my difference. Cause you know, that's why we're here. Yeah. Exactly. I I mean, (laughs) I don't know if It does. And that is what I need. I need that. And if any of you like this means anything, I'm an Enneagram (laughs) two, which means (laughs) I am very, like I come from the heart. And I think that was the most important thing is like, I never, I felt that my voice was so small and I didn't have anything to contribute, but through this project, I realized that my gift is caring about people. I strongly care about people and their lives and their stories. And it helped me create boundaries that I needed because I mean, that can leak out and be Mm -hmm. really exhausting, but this project Mm -hmm. helped me to create those boundaries so that I can channel that Mm -hmm. into something bigger, you know, something that's helpful to people. And it was, I've done some (laughs) anti-racism work throughout the years. Um, and you know, uh, you know, you have to understand like everybody's coming from a different lens of life. And that was the biggest takeaway I have had, not maybe not takeaway, but my biggest learning lesson is when a situation arises, look at it from your lens, what does their lens look like? Mm -hmm. You know, and it just felt good to really like bring that together and bring awareness. I think mm-hmm. that is the biggest thing we're having and how to show up. This is a big yeah. thing. Also how to show up on social media mm-hmm. because we have a big problem. One, it's great that we're talking about it, but there's not enough action. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of talking, right? <laughs> That's happening, which is great because it's hopefully it brings people to ask questions and, 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 and dig a little bit deeper, but on the opposite end, it can hurt people. So it felt good to be on social media with something that was, hopefully people felt like they were being held. They were being seen in a way that was, you know, healing really. Yeah. 
for yeah, sure. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Some of what you say resonates with me and also during our discussion with Kate, Kate Alicorn, when we were talking about that back in season three. And yeah. it, it did, you guys talk a little bit s- similar things in terms of, you know, showing up. And it doesn't mean that you have to go to Tulsa and like protest. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are other ways to do it. And mm-hmm. if this is something that this making paper flowers and sending them to Tulsa, that's one way to do it. I mean, and mm-hmm. it's in a way where, like you said, it's what we love to do. It's what we're good at. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's why not do it that way? And mm-hmm. yeah. And if you're not comfortable or you don't know how to show up. Exactly. This is, this is and we're I, just facilitating a way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that don't know how to show up. They mm-hmm. don't feel like, like maybe they feel they don't have anything to contribute. Maybe mm-hmm. their voice is, like I said, too small, too insignificant. And, or you don't know what to say. I mean, or you don't know honestly, what to say nowadays in the social or media, how to say it or how to say it. I mean, sometimes you're not quite sure what to say, how to say, how to mm-hmm. what. <laughs> and there's a lot of reaction on social media, too. Like, do I say there is. it right? Is this the right way to say it? Am I ignorant to say it this way? Like, what are the implications versus you taking action in this? Yes, it might seem small, but it collectively it's huge. So if you know that, oh, this is something I can do. This is something that is meaningful to me. I don't have to explain why. I just do it. Exactly. Exactly. And it feels right. It feels Mm -hmm. like the biggest contribution you can give is to do something that you're good at and that you truly, it it comes from the heart. It's not just Mm -hmm. something you have to do because society tells you that that's the way to do it. And it does. Like, I think in other ways, it opens up conversations. It opens up people to say, oh, what happened in, in Tulsa? And then like, oh, and that it may take us <laughs> or everyone generations to un, like unwind what we've been told. Mm-hmm. And I hate using the word reconciliation or like, cause like you had said one time, like, how do you even quantify that? Mm-hmm. But, and I don't know the answer to that, but I think a starting point is definitely to have the conversations and to unlearn what we know and relearn it where you are today. And I just know so many people that it's really scary for people, but also there's a lot of defense. And so I felt like by sharing the stories, like it starts in your home. Let's be, let's be real. Mm-hmm. Change starts in your home. You have the conversations in your home. You, you, I always, always, even though I get a thousand eye rolls, I'll share what I am learning. I'll share stories that I've read and yeah, I get eye rolls, but then my family will go out into public and we'll be in a group and somebody will say something <laughs> that I've learned and I've shared. And I see that, I see that shift in their eyes or their demeanor. Like they listened and mm-hmm. it made that even that tiny little change. Yeah. So that's where we have to start. And so I think for me, it felt really good to share with my niece. Mm-hmm. It felt really important because that's our generation that's coming up. They are the ones. Yeah. They are the ones that are going to carry on this work Mm -hmm. and they're going to carry on this world. It's 
generational and it's got to start somewhere and it's going to start with something. Exactly. If you guys want to learn more about what we did, head to papertalkpodcast.com backslash flowers to Greenwood. And there's a whole page on the reason why and what we did. And um, it's just really informational. And also do check mm-hmm. out the wildmother.com. They have a great website that talks about their projects and one of the projects that we worked with them, Sinflowers to Greenwood. And they're working mm-hmm. on a second project for the spring. And that makes me think like, what can we do for our next project for next year? Mm-hmm. And if you guys have any ideas out there, please let us know. We would love to rally our troops again and work on something that's close to our heart. And maybe we can send out flowers to the next project or next piece that's going to bring everyone together and just bring more heart out and more kindness to the world. I think that's Mm -hmm. so important. Yeah, I've definitely had my listening ears on trying to see Mm -hmm. who else is asking for help or needs help. So I will definitely... I have a few, I have a few in mind, but Mm -hmm. there's so many causes out there. There really is. I think the hardest part is having something organized Mm. where we can contribute Mm -hmm. Um, just because we're so small. It literally is just two of us. And so, which is why with a wild mother, it was actually a big collaborative effort, not just paper florists, but florists and other organizations were involved in mm-hmm. managing and 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 setting up this entire thing and we kind of just slipped in, <laughs> I slipped in and did our part um so yeah I mean the call it really is not just to be honest not just causes there's so many causes out there there's I mean the recent so ones right it was just natural yes. disasters there's tons and they're ongoing yeah. but kind of specific call outs I would say for organized that organizations or associations or um, events or anything like that where there is a worth not that has a where we would fit in (laughs) I don't even know how to say this (laughs) no it's true and it's more impactful to put your whole self into one project than to sprinkle upon like over 50 yeah so it's hard it is hard because there's just so many things that you can contribute to it's finding it's the right just, partners you know finding it the right is. partners to do it and I that think that that's what values and outlook mm-hmm. exactly and I think that's why the wild mother like they curated <laughs> like yes, the they perfect did. group and it was thoughtful it wasn't just who wants to participate like they thought about who to bring together. And that was where the yes. magic happened. But that yes. takes so much effort on their part. Yes. Like I can't even imagine how much work they did. And sorry, I, I do have to bring in that it was Amy McGee of Botanical Brouhaha and Sue McLaren of Passion Flower Sue, who actually suggested yes. to the Wild Mother that the paper florist community could be involved. Yes. Um, and because they actually work on the back end to help them, to help the wild mother organize this. Um, so, yeah, it's not not just you yeah. know, two people, three people. It's like a huge number huge of, people who, of people who, yeah, who brought in ideas, brought in people that they knew who had the same val- shared the same values and ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and brought in fundings. That yeah. was a huge component. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's I mean, if we can. Who knows? Maybe next year with the wild mother, it's going to be some, it's going to, we might work with them again, but if not, 
yeah, we're always open to finding the right, finding a project that I think we would fit in well with and um, yes. open to any kind of suggestions that you guys yeah. have. The bar is set high. I would yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> but also, I think I'd like to mention that if you're like in a group, like participate, put yourself out there, contribute more than you take because that is how this group came together, you know, mm-hmm. just helping yeah. and being thoughtful and having conversations and showing up. You don't know yeah. if we hadn't done that, our part might not have happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. So that would be my advice to anybody yeah. if they want it. <laughs> yeah. I also want but, to do a huge shout out to Ashley Regan of I Bleed Heart. She's actually in local to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and she's been checking in on our flowers, fixing things because they had to move it to a different location uh-huh. um, just to get better light and for people to really um, to see it in a better way. And she's been in there fixing things and we've been talking back and forth about how we can evolve it a little bit because it is tilting a little bit because since they moved it, they didn't know how to properly. So thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Fixing it. That's (laughs) wonderful. Thank you, Ashley. (laughs) I don't know if it was just me, but you lagged a bit there on the fixing the thing part. So Okay. I'll I'm not sure that. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Not or if not, I, I you might... can just do your own recording. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's go to the fun part yes. <laughs> of our podcast. <coughs> so what are your favorite apps or app that are, you're obsessed with? Well, if I had to name, can I name three or only one? <laughs> yes. Name if, if I you want. I would like to name one one that I use every single day is Pinterest. I use it to find inspiration. I really also love, like, I find a picture and then I look at, like, suggestions under it. And it sometimes takes me on beautiful paths of visual pleasure (laughs) (laughs) and and inspiration, whether it's uh, looking for recipes or creating flowers or planning uh, my next family photo shoot whatever it is then I also really love has been loving and and having fun learning Lightroom mobile Mm -hmm. and bringing my photo editing game on the next level and when I do have a couple of minutes of downtime I I just like to to play something or like if I'm waiting somewhere and I, I don't, I cannot do anything more meaningful than that. I, I play <laughs> line 98, uh, where you like put balls in the row and then they disappear. It's just something yes. that I remember <laughs> when it was first computers. And my dad had a computer at his work. Like it was before people had like personal computers at home. And it was one of the first, and it was in a like engineering construction bureau. So I loved visiting him there and there was a computer. And I was very small. I was like four years old. I remember his colleague playing this game <laughs> back like so many years ago, yeah. decades ago. So like, I, I recently found it again. I'm like, this kind of brings things full circle in a very fun yeah. way. I <laughs> also, I think that. it's Japanese, like <laughs> the origin. So it makes sense. I think I, I need to plan my Japanese trip in the next few years. Yes. How about you, Krista? (laughs) Well, I do a lot of photography. I love it. It's a passion of mine. 
my favorite app is a color story. It's by Elsie and her sister, Emma from a beautiful mess. And Mm, it is such a fun app, but it's powerful. It's very, because I'm about color. I love color in anything. And that is the whole focus of their app, but there's lots of tools and and things that you can do to make your photos just like, wow. I don't often use like the Instagram filters or anything, but those ones that they have are my favorite. It's my go-to. I've tried other apps, but that one is the most enjoyable for me and the most fun. I'm going to have to download it right after. <laughs> yeah, yes, right? <laughs> I do love I a do. beautiful mess. I think yeah, some I've other been... apps that I, was, I played with in the past and yeah, they have another one something. called film, called film, and so mm-hmm. I've been. Um, I just actually bought a little gimbal because I really want to start doing videos. Um, one of the things that I did last year's uh, what's her name? Her name is Xanthi Berkeley, and so she does mm-hmm. day in the life videos, ten mm-hmm. favorite things. And I had this idea. I would love to document my creative process every day and create these little videos because I actually love making videos. So she has a great job. Oh, thank you. She actually has a set in the film app, which is the the video version of a color story called play. Mm. And so it's a lot of fun. Those are my two favorite, favorite apps. The other one I just started using, if people want to do stop motion, I know that they're stop motion studio, but definitely look at, it's called life laps. Mm. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. They have such a good learning. You can learn tutorials and everything and you use your phone for stop motion. It has the onion skin. It has everything that you need. And then if I want to share a time waster app. Um, <laughs> we all love those. Yeah, I'm on level like 17,000. <laughs> uh, wordscapes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I watch so many ads to just get the one letter hint. (laughs) I do. I watch TV, my show, and then I'll turn the ads on so that I can, I don't have to watch them, but I can build them up for the next time. (laughs) I love that. Oh, thank you so much, Kristen Liliana, for joining us. It's this. It's been an amazing hour talking to you. I think this is one of the longest podcasts that um, we're going to be editing, Um, but it's going to be so good. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation and we can't wait for you to hear the next one. Well, thank you for having us. It was so fun. Time flew by. I was was so surprised when I looked at the clock and it's always a great time with you ladies. You're inspiring. You're beautiful. You have beautiful souls. And I was just so happy to to get to know you and call your friends. Thank Again, you, you have said everything. <laughs> <laughs> we just so like, eloquent. We're, we're, we're just so sharing <laughs> the thoughts of the same brain. Chris, like, we compliment, yes. Liliana is my PR. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ours now too. (laughs) Well, hit me up. (laughs) Thank you. We will. (laughs) Hashtag plunk. You might take that on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hashtag unashamed. (laughs) Hashtag just kidding. (laughs) 
<laughs> Hashtag not kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kidding, but not kidding. Oh my goodness. It's been so fun. And thank you so much. It's been a real honor to be a part yes. of this uh, podcast. Uh, and uh, yes. yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you. And I want to say thank you as well for giving us this opportunity and allowing us to show up and be a part of something so incredible and life-changing for so many people. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. No, thank you so much for showing, yeah, showing up, <laughs> but yeah. also like being, yeah, just helping us and being there with us. And yeah, it's been really amazing getting to know both of you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by our patrons, Elaine Lim, Maria Van White, Lenny McDowell, Jennifer Desplantes, Robin, Bonnie Slipper, Laura Wheelie, Martha Tokas, Nina, Linda Drysdale, Lucinda, and Tina Proctor. We appreciate your donation, and we're excited to keep creating content for our paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there.